This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatane. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. Now, we are recording this pre-Christmas, but it's going to be broadcast on the 12th, I think, of January. So do you have a oh, message for future Mawera? Um, have a really good day at your new job. Uh and remember that you've been working really hard and um, all of this, uh, all of that hard work actually means something today and you can go and make some change happen. Go, girl. <laughs> How's the new job going? <laughs> well, fantastic. Best job I've ever had. <laughs> we look forward to hearing about that in real when we talk for real in the new year. Who are we introducing today. It is a very great pleasure to introduce a whanaunga of mine actually, Ros Ellison. Did not realise that we were related until a very quick conversation and it all comes together. The Ellisons and the Karatais have been knocking around for many, many years. Um, so um, Ros is an advertising and media consultant um, raised in Canada, so she's got a slight accent but very much um, a New Zealand uh, born uh, lovely lady and coming into us from the Kapiti Coast. Welcome, Roz, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, and hello. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora, Roz. Where on the Kapiti Coast are you, Roz? Uh, we're in Pera Umu. So we're in a uh, sort of a nature, an eco division of uh, Pera Umu. We've got a bit of a man-made lake behind us. And... and um, the week before last, we were waterfront, which was not um, planned. So there was quite a bit of rain here. <laughs> <laughs> and as I say, we're recording this before Christmas. So how's the build up to Christmas going? Pretty good, actually. It, it, it's, it's, it's odd. I think last year was odd with the first year of COVID. This year, equally odd, because I, I don't think we thought that it was, this was going to go on for two years. But, um, but getting there, I've got my list. Um, there are less people joining us for Christmas, so it's taking less time to fulfil it. We've been asking people about their bubble life, and of course bubble lives have now gotten complicated. Not the lives have gotten complicated, but the explaining them with several bubbles and a traffic light. So how was your first bubble life? Uh, first bubble life was interesting because I had um, I had worked for Bar Media for six years leading into that first lockdown. Um, and I lost my job um, over a Zoom call with the other 200 and something, 200 and something people, I think, who were made redundant um, on a Zoom call. Uh, and so, yeah, the first one 
I think the nation and I certainly seemed um, to embrace it. You did what you're told. Actually, the weather was pretty good. My daughter thoroughly enjoyed having family home every day for lunch and her daddy home. Um, and I think it, so it was, it was a, um, a positive yet frightening experience. This one, I just don't know what's happening. So it is different. It was a shock when all of that disruption happened in the media on top of all of the other disruption that was going on. How did you like, not make sense of the details of it, but how did you like make sense of what was going on for you? Um, it, I, it was it was kind of bizarre, I have to say, um, being employed. I've, so I've backing up the truck as well. I've worked from home um, for quite some years, leading into this normality of working from home. So that part of it wasn't strange, if anything, actually, uh, before we were made redundant. Um, I've been working from home and colleagues, I don't think they got what it was like for someone being at home, having to reach out to, to people in offices and that sort of thing until they were forced into their own homes. And then the bleating started, um, it, you know, just, oh, I can't get a coffee and I miss all my people and, you know, and realize that you've got to reach out and um, have great relationships with people who um, are not sitting beside you and that sort of thing, which I had been doing for years and years and, and years. So that part of things hadn't changed, but, but not having a job, it just meant, I guess, to, I didn't have any distractions except for my family at home, um, which you get used to and cooking and that sort of thing. So um, I don't know if I've answered that properly <laughs> for you. So when you, we came out of that first lockdown, you carried on working from home um, and organizing things and doing things? Yeah. And from that point too, so I had more family dynamics to, to work with. And I really wanted, my mother um, lives in New Plymouth and I'm in Kapiti and I really wanted to get to her. Um, and of course, too, you couldn't travel until it got to a certain level and that sort of thing. So as soon as we dropped down to it, you know, we could move between areas. I went up to see her, which was fantastic. Um, and then that opened up sort of more, more dynamics to work through. Um, uh, but because mum had gone through a, a, a dementia diagnosis um, in that first lockdown, which is, you know, um, tricky and hard and confusing and, and all of that. But um, yeah, but then I got another job without looking for one, which was quite good. Um, but and I was there for a year and, and did enjoy it. But um, again, family issues rose and um, um, I'm now working through another set of circumstances. Yeah. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud. Why this one? Oh, I, uh, because I've been working at home for the longest time, I, to be honest, I usually have music in the background so it doesn't disrupt what I'm doing. Um, and it's usually something that's got a nice beat that's not overwhelming. And Ed Sheeran music tends to be that, you know, the old <laughs> classic hits. So that's why. When your legs don't work like they used to before and I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you Baby, my heart could still fall as 
touch of a hand Well, me, I fall in love with you every single day And I just wanna tell you I am So honey, now Take me into your loving arms Kiss me All but gone and my memory fades And the crowds don't remember my name When my hands don't play the strings the same way mm, I know you will still love me the same Cause honey your soul could never grow growing up in Aotearoa for your daughter what do you reckon are the main differences because we often are told that Canada and New Zealand are really great, similar great question and um so for me growing up in New Zealand and apparently when I arrived in in, in Canada 
I was two with a with a Kiwi accent, but uh, which lost very quickly. But um, so my parents were Kiwis, so I had pavlova and lamb and um and things that mum would make um that were very Kiwi, and both my parents still maintain their Kiwi accent. Uh, and but and we lived. I lived in really small communities. I lived in Con outside Alaska. My dad was a teacher. Parents were teachers. So the the differences in the in the similarities. So then, so Canada. You know, you're part of the Commonwealth. Um, the things that you learned. I interestingly though, to be honest, uh, we because we're way up north in school. I learned uh, the. Uh, First Nations language, you know, it, not a lot, but a little bit, you know, where probably if I was growing up in New Zealand, I may have learned a bit of Maori, Papa, who is not from, and, and that sort of thing. But So just thinking of the differences and similarities, you know, this is in Kapiti and Paraparaumu, Kate goes to Kinnikinna School, small community where, you know, it takes a village to raise someone. And I think that both places are much like that. Um, looked at the big brother in the same way. So here we look over at Australia. There we'd look at the states, you know, Canada being its own. And some of them, it's an age thing. I didn't have cell phones or TikTok or any of that kind of stuff. So they would have had that, or I would have had that there. Different different exposures, but the same, if, if you understand what I mean. Our kids are looking at these experience that we just mm. have had no, it was the stuff we yes. used to watch in the jets and, and you know, things like that. And, inf uh, and now information. become our they have information overload funny, they're just the touch points what they're what they see you know um it's sensory craziness you know in overload which is probably why lockdown was so pretty cool for a lot of people because they were you know playing board games and doing things that that i used to do you know we'd go camping up into alaska and play yahtzee you know which i've introduced my daughter to <laughs> and she loves um but you're right it is it's a different time um, even though I think that the countries are quite. Do you think growing up in, um, growing up over there and then coming home now, do you think that there is similarity between uh, the Indigenous peoples, uh, are the First Nations, Canada, Canada's First Nations people, do you think they have the same kind of challenges that Māori have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and so where I grew up, up there in northern Canada, my best friends were, and, and still are, because a lot have now come over here to visit, and I've been over to visit them, were First Nations um, kids. And um, I think they even looked at New Zealand and how Māori were, um, uh, you know, standing up for the rights and, uh, I, I guess, finding themselves. Um, they have, they're finding themselves. And I notice just, you know, I belong to lots of Facebook pages, you know, for the Yukon. And um, there is an absolute pride about, you know, who you are and where you're from and the connection and all that, where growing up there, that wasn't that so much. But um, I would compare it to when I first came back to New Zealand, I went to Dunstan High School. So I went to, we lived in Alex for three years before I went back to Canada. So I had been back and forth. Um, and there definitely wasn't a Kapahaka group there then, you know, there wasn't any of that. And so... Um, I think both nations um, and its indigenous people are finding themselves in their voices, and um, and they're probably looking to each other because there is a, there are a lot of similarities um, in a lot of ways. If you could solve one problem that impacts on both communities, that would make a huge positive impact for both communities. What would that problem be? What would be the one problem you would solve if you could? To be honest, probably some kind of. Um, something to, to do with um, wealth and 
having you know being yeah it, it would in, it it would impact the drinking it would impact you know um it would impact yeah just outcomes i think and i think uh but it's getting there because education is really important um for for our people and for their people so we're getting there right yeah but, i um, think so a bit of that a bit of a bit of dosh but you can't throw money i think so you know i'm nice night tahu and um i've saved money for me and for kate you know in this scheme that they have and um and they're big on um scholarships and providing assistance to educate so i'll be you know um, pushing hard for kate to be taking advantage of that but i think there's a lot of that sort of thing happening um over there up in the yukon as well and how lucky we are as Naitahu, and I look at um, not all the different tribes around Aotearoa have that same opportunity. We've got Whairawa, which is our savings scheme, um, yeah. which, which encourages our kids to save and encourages them to have that investment mindset. We've also got um, so many educational opportunities, which is encouraging education and encouraging that investment into ourselves. And we're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah, education yeah. is the answer. I think, yeah, I, I feel positive. Like, you know, I'm, I was, wasn't going to say, I was going to say sort of lucky in that um, I'm, because there is some is that institutional kind of racism that it's there. And, and, and it's funny, I see it more than anyone because people make assumptions of me because they look at how I sound and how I look. So I see it more so yeah. than some. But, yeah, um, I, I, and you are so right. And uh, I often have the conversation with people before I got my moku kawai, no one ever walked into a room and said, oh, you must be Mawira Karatai with my fair skin and my blue eyes. Not ever did anyone ever do that. Now yeah. they look at me and think, oh, perhaps you might be Mawira Karatai, but yeah, before. And it's funny, isn't it, that we're still, uh, yeah. um, our indigeneity is still tied to our skin colour. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? It, it is. It's very interesting. And by the way, you look amazing. You look gorgeous, can I say? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. When you when you think about the future for our kids, and um, I guess from a, a like a, in the media, um, the media kind of just has a huge responsibility for shaping how we feel about ourselves as community, as the you know the wider you know Aotearoa, the world. Do you think the media is doing a good job of of being responsible in that space? Oh gosh, Roz from the media, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a it's a big learning curve, I guess, really, um, and and making things um, uh, normalized. There's lots more of that, and whether that be you know part of the Asian community or Maori community or or whatever you know um, community that is, you you see a lot more of that community um, just in front of us, and you know that's that's a good thing. But yep, there's a there's a way to go, of course. You know, um, I even look at Maori television, and I look at their coverage of Anzac Day, um, and a lot of people I think first thought, oh, it's just you know it's they're representing Maori for Anzac Day, but no, it's Anzac Day. They do amazing coverage for Maori and anybody who's got anything to do. Um, who would be, you know, uh, celebrating or, or commemorating or whatever Anzac Day? So, and and it is it is the place to go. It's the normalized now place to go. So it's getting more of that. That's so nice, say. Eh? And um, and I noticed uh, um, my son and I listen to quite a lot of um, there's uh, a few different things like uh, Waiata anthems and um, 
to Wiki or to, uh, to Reo Māori um, song list all on Spotify and um, where you yeah. can just put on Māori music and go for a drive. And, and we're hearing these people like Dave Dobbin yeah. creating amazing music in the Reo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not going to get the, I will get the, the, the name wrong, but that amazing, beautiful woman um, who's just got, just got a gong, I think, for her work. Um, uh, goodness. Um, but she encouraged lots of mainstream artists, whether they might be Māori or otherwise, uh, you know, to, um, you know, reimagine their songs. And so I think there were probably some purpose um, written songs in Māori, and then there have been some that have been, you know, reimagined or, re or translated into Māori. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you're hearing lots of voices singing Māori, and it's beautiful. It is my, so it's, it's on my bucket list now to work on that with me. Not the singing, but just the reo, yeah. And singing's a great way. It's a great um, a gateway because we just, you know, especially the tunes that we know, we're confident singing them. And um, once we start singing, then the pronunciation comes more clear. Yeah. And it's um, yeah, it's a really it's a nice a nice pathway. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nga mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved universes. And I really hope, wherever you are, and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now we know that for us all this last more than two years have been very stressful as we started to hear news overseas as i did from my lovely colleagues in the jane goodall institute about the realities they were experiencing overseas. And then of course, realities we experienced ourselves here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And then in time, Oti Poti Staneden. Those in Tomaki Makoto, Auckland have been so brave and continue to be brave. And we must all continue to hold in our hearts the vision of the knowledge that we have, which is that as a species throughout time, we have acted and continue to act and will continue to act to care and protect one another. And how beautiful this is. And of course, Margaret Mead, the great anthropologist spoke of this when she was detecting the arrival of what she called civilization and altruism that another person had cared for and cast and set another person's bone but we see this love and care throughout the world in many many different places every day that plants and their pollinators take such joy in meeting and connecting that our fellow living species who communicate and reproduce in ways that we are more directly akin to take such pleasure in doing this 
in that for all of us, we are here to keep each other going, to help each other to survive. And even if we cannot hear or understand the languages that are being spoken around us, they're still speaking. We are really surrounded by a choir of voices constantly communicating many in ways that we can't yet hear and understand. It's been wonderful in the past few years that the fungal world and the symbiotic world has been more clearly illustrated for us by wonderful science and great proponents of that science like Dr. Alison Knight and the wonderful lichen lichenology that she brings to life. I carry her book with me everywhere. And of course, if you are a life form that can choose at any time to reproduce sexually or asexually, what a gift. And it may turn out this is more common than we once thought. My personal perspective is that we are the children, we are the porter here, we are the most newly evolved on this earth. So we are really here to be a listening ear and a watching eye and a learning heart and a learning mind, an appreciative spirit and an embracing being to all that presents itself to us. How lucky we are. I'm really enjoying this new year, 2022, the year that dreams come true, to explore my local neighbourhood, and of course my heart's home, Otokonui Eco Sanctuary, and I really hope for you, you're having this opportunity too, to really go out and enjoy and explore those connections that surround you, feel your place and your space amongst them, and see what you have to reply when they speak to you. And I'll look forward to having more time with you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles on Otago Access Radio, uh, and we are speaking with Roz Allison from the Kapiti Coast. Roz, we've seen a lot of social changes uh, in the world uh, over the last couple of years. What would you hope will stick in terms of the changes that we've seen? Another big question, um, social changes. God, I guess, you know, um, women um, get having, you know, great jobs and getting paid for them, um, including staying home and looking after the children and, and that being acknowledged, um, which it is. Men staying home and looking after children, you know, just being the fact that, yeah, recognizing we're going to be having children and someone needs to do it, male, female. Um, yeah, empowerment of Maori and other nationalities in New Zealand. Gosh, it's loaded. It's a loaded question. I don't is, know. But that was a great answer. We're going to go to the second of your music choices now. We're going to the Beatles yesterday. Why this one? Well, it's probably similar to the answer that I had <laughs> for the first one. And that I, you know, I actually like all sorts of music um, from lots of ages. And again, this song resonates. Yesterday 
All my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Why? Yesterday, love was such an easy game to play. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Why? Such an easy game to play. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Mm-hmm. The theme of this show is positive, but not deluded. Uh, and you know, like it's pretty easy to go out there and you know. Yeah. <laughs> When, when things are hard in the world and, and we just can get a bit over happy sometimes, but this is just keeping it real. What positive, what have you seen in your community that you just think is really positive? What are the good things that are happening around you? Oh, well, I mean, I live on the Capita Coast here, which is very much community-based. So there are a, a lot of things, you know, that people are planting trees and um, I, I, there is, yeah, I, I love living on this, on the Capitol Coast, it's got positive vibes. I yeah, it's it's a hard one to answer. I'm sorry. No, that's no problem. I know that um, from other people I know who live down your way, um, they always say it's the people you're surrounded by, extraordinary people who all care about each other. Yeah, it it absolutely is. I've my daughter is just leaving Kennekenna School, um, which has been a most amazing school, an amazing principal. Oh, you right thinking about it. <laughs> And, um, yeah, the sense of community around that school has been amazing. Um, yeah. And her dance, you know, there's, there's lots of really talented people here, be it young or old. There's lots of younger people who are, um, you know, they're going to stay, they're going to go and come back. But there's a whole bunch of people who probably grew up here, went away, and they've come back, and they've made this their home again. So it's, it's a really cool community. It's a real, um, it's the real measure of a community, isn't it? When people want to come back as adults and bring with them their skills and their abilities, and and, and keep that community yeah. growing. Yeah, I guess you know there has to be opportunity, um, and I think you know when we get a main road built through here, which is happening, uh, you know there'll be more access to uh, Wellington City. Um, but you know there's lots of other places you can go from here. Uh, to be honest, making this the centre. And look, working from home, as I've been doing for years, um, you can actually accomplish a lot in the space you're in without having to go somewhere else. 
How, how do you reckon we can use the power of advertising in the media to promote hope? Uh, well, um, it's about, yeah, I was mentioning about Kate and all the touch points that she has. She's kind of bombarded by messages all over the place. And I guess, yeah, by being, you know, so I guess when you are going to be advertising your whatever it is, whether it's a brand message, um, uh, or you're, you know, selling a thing, um, just to be cognizant, you know, who are you trying to reach with what sort of message? And, and I, and I guess beware, but of, of hope, you know, so that the last company um, that I worked for, Go Media, they were an amazing company and they did a lot of sponsorships, a lot of really great stuff for the community. Um, and uh, including, yeah, just so any kind of messaging, if, if someone wanted to say something that was positive um, and they approached the company, then they would go, yep, we'll do up the message and put that on our billboards, you know, so uh, I don't know. It, yeah, be cognizant of your message, I guess. Mm. And that's I love the um, the be the be kind message has been such a part of life for us in Aotearoa over the last couple of years. Um, the government has used that as as that reminder to us constantly to actually just everybody is suffering and we should all care for one another. If you were going to advise that government team on messaging for the next part of the pandemic, what would you change in the messaging, if anything? Well, like, you know, you can have too much of a good thing, as you <laughs> said before. And, you know, um, you don't want that message to, to go stale and it needs to mean something. So I think by saying be kind, you know, maybe demonstrate what on what on earth that means. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I've got mixed feelings on, on, on the be kind because, you know, there's a whole bunch of amazing New Zealanders not in New Zealand wanting to come home. And I don't think that, you know, they, they're not thinking that that's kind at the moment. But I do understand that we have to look after our people. So changing their message, I mean, I'm aware of the agency who looks after that, that branding message. And, yeah, they will be given, um, you know, a, um, a brief on what to say next or on, on, on what needs to be conveyed. Um, and they're a great agency doing the job they need to do, I think. What would you change in that messaging now? Like if, if you if there was one thing you could change so that it didn't get stale, what would it be? What's what does the next part need to look like to keep people united? Again, it's just such a loaded thing and I think there's so many people, you know, that you're either on the VAC side or the non VAX or the I don't know, and I would even hate to comment, to be honest, um, on that messaging. I I just we just we need to say stay strong, I suppose. Um you know, I'm, yeah, go get the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's being done, you know, I don't know. It, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and and uh, we all we all want certainty and there's one thing that can give it to us. <laughs> this, yeah, this pretty much. And it's, you know, it's, it's just such a divisive um, uh, thing at the moment. And, you know, it, yeah, there's just people coming and even families christmas is going to be very interesting <laughs> this year um with people you know sitting around a table with with different views it's yeah. going to be interesting it is indeed um we i've got some questions to finish with Roz. um okay. and i'm not sure how much time we have so we'll just we'll just cruise through them right um the first is what has been your greatest success over the last couple of years Hmm. Um, I guess 
work-wise, work um, I'm heavily involved in the Wellington media community, even though at the moment I'm on a bit of a break, um, but I'm still organizing a function, but it's just this uh, pretty proud of bringing the crew together and everybody um, respecting each other, young and old and new. I, I, I usually bring suppliers and people who work at ad agencies um, and people who've retired all together in a really respectful way. So I'm kind of proud that that's continued. And even though it's the same on a break at the moment, they've asked me to come and be involved in it again. So that's on the work front. Um, and then, yeah, I have a 12 year old daughter who's going to turn 13 in February and I'm very proud of her. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good when we're proud of our kids and I bet she's proud of you too. How could she yeah. not be? You're awesome. We have, are we writing a book of these conversations? all the goodness that people bring to, to the world around them. So the question we ask everyone is, what's your superpower? Oh, my superpower. I think it's, um, um, gosh, what I do, I, it's um, communicating, listening, um, bringing people, yeah. If there could be a word just to describe that, I maybe one word, but I have a lot of friends and I do lots of fun things and I like, try to make people happy. So whatever that is you want to put a word on it <laughs> yeah that. i think tr i think trying to make people happy is a really really good superpower i'll take that <laughs> do you consider yourself to be an activist um no but i'm you know very strong in my views when i have them <laughs> yeah what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, it's a really funny one because I'm now not, you know, I'm on my break with work until I, you know, um, decide what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, just, um, I, I want my daughter to get up as well and I want her to see me and I want her to, um, to see what is normal and, and, and possible. So well, that does motivate me, to be honest, her, her seeing me and going yeah doing that mahi or whatever is normal that's, that's so good. very motivating hmm. that's so good and what ch challenge or opportunity are you most looking forward to over the coming months um so it's uh yeah just navigating between now and probably the end of March. Um, and, and so I've got family things um, with my mum and um, I want to make sure that she's happy and comfortable and safe um, in Taranaki when um, when she goes up there uh, into a retirement village. Um, so that, and my daughter starts high school in February. Um, so that, so yeah, it's a, probably more a family thing. And once that's sorted, a job. <laughs> that sounds good. I like your priority list. It sounds like a great priority list. Yeah. Yeah. And what advice would you give to our listeners? Oh, goodness me. Um, have an awesome Christmas. Um, I know it's been used because we said not to, but be kind. <laughs> uh, and, and listen and be tolerant um, and maybe bite your tongue. And, um, yeah, be happy. Try to. It's crazy times. Ros, thank you very, very much for joining us today. Um, thank you for your insight into some really complex spaces, actually. You have a really unique perspective having lived overseas and lived here and having lived amongst um, being part of one Indigenous community and living amongst another. 
and it has been an absolute joy to have you here. Thank you very, very much, much for sharing and all the best for the journey ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for the opportunity. their safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by otago polytechnic we're broadcast on otago access radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution today from tahu mckenzie and this is fleetwood mac dreams I'm Samuel Van and Soyers Bay Dunedin with Muera Karatai in Fakatani and on the Kapiti Coast we've been joined by Roz Ellison. But that was Blowing Bubbles 
We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.